welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Hey, everybody. We're back from our hiatus, our roughly two-week hiatus and uh, COVID uh, experience for me. Um, And this is episode 134 of The Near Memo, where David, Mike, and Greg talk about search, social, commerce, all with a kind of local lens. <clears throat> and today we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of the new features in Google Maps and whether they sort of cross the line into bloat, whether it's too much, um, it's the, the continued ongoing decline of citations as a, as a ranking signal, and, and then the new Google small business attribute and whether or not that means anything at all or is just a kind of symbolic gesture that Google's making. And so with that, Mike, you get to open with the Google Maps. Sure. So they released a new feature in Google Maps called uh, Immersive Navigation View, and it allows you to preview a route uh, in a 3D environment and include things like weather, visibility, traffic, and see exactly where you're going to go and what it's going to look like in a 3D simulated environment, which is technically a tour de force. It's very cool. I think it's only in 15 cities at the moment. But the question is, why and who does it help? And is it just a kitchen sink approach to maps because they could, or is it reflective of some future you know, perhaps uh, visual computing environment, who knows? I mean, it doesn't have much real world use. If you're in a car, it's, you're never gonna preview the route. You want have a simplified view of reality to, to navigate so that you know when and where to make turns and where to stop, those types of things. So it doesn't help car driving. When you're walking, it's like, it's not like you can remember, you know, it's like what value you're walking. You can see what you need to see. You don't need virtual reality to augment that. The one possible use case that I could conceive of is in a city when you want to be on a bike and you want to be sure that the route is safe, it may allow you to preview the safety of a route. But otherwise, it's just a fancy feature in a, in a product that starting in, I don't know, probably 2013, 2014, maybe 2015, when I wrote an article about how Apple Maps is becoming local's forward-facing brand. Google, Google Maps. Has, Google Maps, yeah, excuse me. That's, yes. Sorry about that. Google Maps is yes. becoming Google's forward-facing brand for local. Google has been throwing everything into Maps, right? It's a place where you now can... They've gotten rid of standalone apps for things like Lens. It's now in Google Maps. They've gotten rid of standalone apps for business editing. It's now in Google Maps. Uh, transactions are now there. You can book hotels, et cetera. All of these things that uh, if you want to, if you're a local guide and you want to contribute, that's in Google Maps. Um, all of these features are now in Google Maps. Anybody who is even tangentially related to Google Maps is now thrown into this big sort of bucket of platform. And this is a tactic that Google has used historically. They used it with Google Maps initially in their competition with YP on one side and and uh, mapping products on the other, MapQuest being, et cetera. They used it with Google Plus. Now it succeeded with the original maps and it failed miserably with Google Plus. 
the, the question is whether it's a tactic and strategy that will work for Google Maps. I mean, to the, to the extent that it has worked and kept iPhone, Apple Maps use, iPhone users, Apple Map use at bay, that seems to be the case. I mean, we're seeing only 37 or 38% of app, iPhone users using Apple Maps from our research. And in that sense, it's been successful at keeping people at bay. The question is, is it a good, is, like, when is too much? When is it too much and will it fail? As a... I, I would argue that, that uh, all these sort of advanced novelty features that Google has in Maps are not the thing that gives it a competitive advantage against Apple Maps. It's the business data. It's the local business information. And to some degree, the review corpus, I think, that really um, differentiates, at least in my mind, Google Maps versus Apple Maps. Because I use Apple Maps for everything navigation-wise. But recently, in, the, in this coming back from this Cinda conference, when we were in Portugal, I relied pretty exclusively on on Google because it had all the local business data, which was important in figuring out, you know, hours and where to go and nearby sort of best cafes and things like that. And Apple simply can't compete with that local business data. Now, I'm not going to use some AR tool necessarily. You know, I don't I don't care about those things. And so I would I would come down on the side. I mean, they're they're useful in very limited, very isolated contexts, And they're, of course, very cool. But I, I would argue that um, I would argue that Google, you know, that my, my position is that, that the whole U, UX that Google has established for search and to some degree for maps is, ne is now really bloated, just cluttered with too much information. That's my and perspective. Do you th I mean, do you think that Apple's less is more strategy with maps? can ultimately prevail, at least amongst iPhone users, to get above 50% of iPhone utilization? It needs or... the business data, I think. It needs the local business information to really, to really truly be competitive. David? Yeah, I had a couple of comments about this. I, I don't know this to be true, but I'm just postulating that is the, is the back end of this, not the user application, but is the back end of all this sort of real-world modeling at all useful for self-driving cars? And is that maybe why, you know, Google had already invested all of this time and energy into that crap, and then they were like, oh, well, we can just release this as a user feature too? I suspect you're right. I suspect that's exactly right. So that yeah. that seems uh, to me to be, be like the real... I mean, it's certainly, I mean, it's an amazing feature, but like, it doesn't help anybody as far as well, I can tell. But, but, but you just said, like in a car, you said in a car, the driver is going to look at all this stuff, but actually a right. self-driving autopilot probably is looking for signals exactly like this to understand where to turn it. Is there a better route that's safer for weather reasons or whatever? Um, you know, they might actually want to use that data. So That's true. It could be a, a, virtual, a virtual reality augmentation product. Yeah, and as far as... Yeah. As far as the like, as far as the sort of battle between Google Maps and Apple Maps, I think for me, the, the just having been in a situation in a you know sort of more rural part of Oregon recently, just to, I, I just want a map that loads faster. Um, in most cases, when I'm on a weak cell signal or a you know one bar 
type of situation. And, and if anything, I'm not sure that less is more from a, a UI standpoint, you know, is better or worse than the sort of quote unquote richer experience that, or immersive experience that Google's providing, but does it load in, you know, one second instead of five, like that would be a, that would be a real, you know, 10 X type of game changer that might persuade me to switch back to Google maps away from Apple. And Apple, though, it, to address that, has added downloadable maps, which I found. Right, which Google's had for a long has. time. Long time, said. right. Yeah. But Apple yeah. was always faster when you didn't anticipate a downloadable map. It often worked more quickly in rural environments um, because it was uh, vector-based as opposed to JPEG-based. Right, so that, um, that would actually would be a useful feature is like, you know, if the phone sort of predicts that you're going into a bad environment and downloads all of that stuff for you, Right. Temporarily so that yeah, you do get better, you know, higher definition, uh, both mapping and sort of directional navigation. So I don't know. Anyway, I, I agree with you, Mike. It seems this seems like clearly in the bloat column for Google Maps. And it's from a user standpoint, it's best use case is to, is to, uh, is as a PR angle to, to say, look how much more advanced Google Maps is than Apple. Don't switch. So. It's interesting going forward, though, they've really doubled down on Google Search and Google Maps as the platforms where they're emphasizing features and interactions. They're, you know, they've moved away from consumer driven apps other than, say, YouTube for, you know, but for the most part, uh, it's interesting that those two platforms are so dominant. And as a result, they're not, I'm not sure they have much choice but to dump everything into these right. things, right? Um, well, I, I actually think that Google Google uh, Maps is more durable than search and more impervious to disruption than search, notwithstanding Apple's, Apple's challenge well, to it. I'm, yeah, it's certainly harder to build a competitor in Maps than it is to, you know, um, license chat GPT to build your own vertical search engine. It's much harder to build a mapping platform. So Right, exactly. Exactly. Precisely. It's a lot deeper mode. So, so so David, let's move on to you and the uh the the citations issue, which um has been uh, you know a sort of persistent topic of discussion in the industry for the SEO industry for a long time. Less so today than it was. Yeah, kind of a consistent debate over the years uh in terms of the the value and the sort of rise and fall of the value of, of citations. Um, I think, Greg, you, when you were at Uber, all you guys actually did some research to suggest, you know, hey, they still matter at, at some level. Um, and I think that's still true for particularly for new businesses uh, or businesses without a significant inbound late footprint that, you know, these sort of directory citations are still still hold plenty of value. I just, I no longer see them as the, the clear differentiators in the strength of a what's now a Google business profile, formerly a, you know, a place, I guess it would have been back in the, or the late aughts and early teens um, when there just weren't a lot of other signals that Google could rely on for local businesses. I'm not even sure they had fully fleshed out their sort of native review feature within Google Maps, within Google Search. Um, so they didn't, they certainly didn't have the, the size of the review corpus they have today to use as a ranking signal. Um, many local businesses did not have websites. So in many cases, these third party profiles were the only validation that Google could, could glean in terms of, you know, what category these businesses were in, um, whether or not they were open and those sorts of, of considerations. Now, 
you know, fast forward 10 years or so, and every business that's a going concern has claimed its Google business profile is submitting information to Google directly, largely, uh, I would say a, a larger percentage anyway, of businesses that are would appear in sort of frequent consumer categories have their own websites. In many cases, these websites have links uh, coming in. So I think from that standpoint, Google doesn't need these these third party directories as much for the data validation angle that they that they did rely on them pretty heavily for, like I said, 10, 12, 15 years ago. The other thing is, even as it relates directly to citations, that the real one of the real values of citations was frankly that these websites these were sites that Google sort of expected local businesses to appear on because they were so well ranked in Google's organic algorithm, right? Or whether you call it page rank or domain authority or whatever, if you did a search for chiropractors in San Diego, you know, you were gonna get certainly Yelp, which you still get, and yellowpages.com and City Search and Merchant super Circle pages. and all of these other yeah. super pages, yeah. all of these other directories, right? That search for chiropractor 10, 15, 10, 12, 15 years ago, that the results that Google was returning, the highest ranked results in their algorithm were directories, were directory pages. And so the mentions of businesses and the links to those businesses' websites from very high authority at the time, localized search results propelled those individual businesses that were mentioned or linked onto greater rankings themselves. If you do that search today, Yelp is basically the only directory that ranks anymore. Um, and this is, I think, what Joy Hawkins was pointing out this week with her tweet that just the, the the number of pages indexed and the amount of traffic that a lot of these, I would say, lower value, perhaps a, I'm not going to name names, but just broadly, these sort of non-Yelp directories no longer have the sort of foothold in the search results where a mention or a link on those sites is actually going to move the needle for you as a local business because they're very low authority. They're not particularly well-trusted uh, sites anymore. And so if, you are, if you're a business or an agency or even a national brand, you know you should be looking at, uh, as you should have been, same as you should have been 10, 12, 15 years ago, look at the, at the sites that are ranking for the keywords you want to rank for. And if there are neutral players, whether they're directories or uh, critic lists or individual articles on media platforms, those are the sites where you should be trying to get additional exposure, not just for the rank and benefit, but also because those sites are going to draw in clicks and you might actually get direct customers from those sites, which again is no longer true on, on most of these long tail directories. So it's not that I think that the, that something has changed in the algorithm or anything like that. It's, it's, I think the algorithm is largely the same. It's just that the sites that are ranking and um, and Google's reliance on the the validity or accuracy of the data on these citation sites has, has is what's declined over these last several years. Well, these sites never kept pace with the internet. They were sort of thin sites that just had, you know, database listings, and some of them had a few reviews, and then they put banner ads everywhere, uh, and they just never evolved those to be genuinely useful. So they became, you know, relative to other sites that have meaningful content, they became thinner and thinner and thinner. The challenge, I think, for a lot of local businesses is that they don't know how to get placements on these directories themselves. And they're being sold, you know, by agencies or whomever. They're being sold these sort of broad distribution packages because of the 
you know, the listings management firms do this, you know, Yext and Uberall and others uh, do these, we'll put you on X number of directories. And so they have some high quality directories and they have a lot of garbage in their networks. And so you wind up showing up on those by default because you're paying some amount of money, some fixed fee. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, I think Darren's product is probably, uh, you know, the one to go with, but it's, it's not easy for local businesses to figure out how do I get access to the relevant directories, you know? Well, and the other problem is it becomes an ongoing tactic as opposed to a one and done table stakes activity, right? And so the pricing becomes inequitable, right? They should be spending their money on the valuable activities that David mentioned and not on an annuity for the for the right? list exactly. listing company. Exactly. Right. So it ends up distorting investment and understanding. But it's but it's also it's also a very simple pitch too. That's the other thing is that it's a really simple pitch to make to these businesses. We'll put you everywhere your customers are looking for information. And a lot yeah. of businesses are savvier than they used to be. But but it's just easy to sell that product versus versus others perhaps. Okay, with that we'll move on to uh, the final item here, which is uh, Google's new small business attribute which they announced kind of together in conjunction with some other holiday shopping capabilities over on search they're adding a deals uh kind of tool and price tracking on chrome and so this kind of comes into this holiday shopping q4 um context and their their statement is that we're going to make it, you know, a lot of people care about shopping with small businesses and we're going to make it easier for them to discover small businesses online in a product context by allowing this new quote unquote small business attribute uh, on on search and maps. And as a sort of a digression, their definition, as far as I could tell, of what a small business is, is someone that's not part of a franchise and that has less than $10 million in revenue. They said less than 10 which, locations also less than 10 locations and less than 10. Locations. Yeah. 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 Fewer, fewer locations. I neglected to include that. Yes. Which is really interesting because I bet you that um, by percentage that franchisees are a huge percentage of actual small business owners in this country. Yep. So right. uh, exactly. very strange definition on, on Google's part. Well, I mean, if they're talking about independent businesses, that's a different kind of discussion. But small business includes franchises for sure. That's where right, a lot of exactly. small businesses yeah. operate. But so anyway, they're, they're, they're going to infer small business status from various signals and put that badge on many businesses themselves. You can also affirmatively apply for it, as you would other attributes. Uh, and the idea is that it's going to help small businesses be discovered. And Mike, as we were discussing, you know, before we started recording, it becomes a kind of modifier or long tail uh, tool to surface small businesses in certain search contexts. But my question in the newsletter and today is, does this mean anything as a practical matter at all? Um, you know, Google likes to trot out small business. It's small business bona fides whenever there's some sort of criticism of the company. It, it, it sort of used small businesses as a shield when it doesn't like certain pieces of legislation that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's essential to the livelihood of so many small businesses. And if you do anything to mess with it, it's going to harm small businesses. 
I think Google could, you know, if Google was really What's good for about, Google is good for the com- country. Yes, exactly. If Google were really serious about small business discovery, they would make this a filter that could be applied in Google Shopping in this new sort of search filter that's starting to show up in certain e-commerce uh, searches um, on shopping ads. And they would and they would just put it everywhere they could so people could yep. sort and filter by small business. And that would be really helpful to those people that wanted to actually buy from a small business, notwithstanding the definitional issues. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It seems like this is no. just a label that will show up occasionally in a very sort of fine print kind of way. And you might or might not notice it. And it may or may not help any small businesses actually get discovered. And it just it strikes me as like, well, why are they doing this kind of half measure if they're really at all sincere about wanting to help people discover small businesses. I think you answered your own question. (laughs) (laughs) In Google's defense, I would say not about this particular feature or similar attributes that they've introduced in the recent past, which I find to be largely performative. But Google has been one of the few places where small businesses have consistently gotten referrals, traffic, and business, whether they knew it or not. Right. So to some extent, this is a PR move that sort of might elevate them in the view of the public or the business. But the reality is that businesses have benefited from Google's local algorithm for well, many, that's many the local, years. The local pack, for sure. No, in particular, I would say I would argue that the Venice update had a bigger impact where local business, local individual business websites uh, compete for non-geo modified terms with huge national brands and franchisors in many cases um and that those sites would have no chance of ranking no chance yeah. of any visibility if google hadn't made that organic algorithmic decision um certainly the pact you know is garnered in our research garners 30 to 40 percent of, of engagement and those results i would say have a greater chance of being a local business than a national brand but national brands get plenty of exposure there as well so Absolutely. Like, for example, public storage is one example that we're looking at, you know, in, in the context of some existing work that we're doing. And they show up quite a bit in pods and all these national chains in, yeah. because they are physically proximate to the searcher. <clears throat> but so I would agree. Googles, I mean, I, I, I think that this, this, yeah, this feels, you know, like, um, I don't know. I don't know necessarily what prompted the decision here, but um, you know, around the time of the the George Floyd protests, Google rapidly rolled out the sort of black-owned business attribute um, in a you know very similar attribute um, as a, clearly a PR move. Um, we did see there was a temporary spike in the number of searches for black-owned businesses, so potentially this could spawn another temporary spike in the the usage of small business as a, a search modifier. But I totally agree with you, Greg, that it, until it becomes a heavily visible filter, and I would argue one that should exist at your Google account level, that you should you can opt in permanently to preferential treatment for small businesses in all of your searches. Um, but even even aside from the sort of account level feature, until it shows up on a lot of searches as a as a filter, I just don't see it as very meaningful uh, in terms of giving business, giving small businesses additional exposure. 
it's it's an interesting suggestion on the on the consumer side. You know, you could do that with a lot of different attributes, and it would be a, an interesting personalization tool. Um, but it's not it's not available at this at this point. And it isn't going to be because they are beholden to their advertisers, and they're not going to screw national businesses in that way. This is this allows them to continue to do what they're doing and extracting you know, rent by advertising from large national companies and small companies. And it's largely performative. I mean, it yep, you know, but may have some, like David said, temporary, slow, small, small impact. But the, the irony is, the though, like... facing small businesses, Google, though. No. Go ahead. The, the irony is, if Google were to turn this on from an organic standpoint, it would actually potentially force national brands to do more advertising and could actually juice their ad revenue. No, that's true. Well, it's a, it's an illustration. True. It's an illustration of the of the of the tension that we're seeing, you know, kind of in this Google antitrust trial between the ad side and the and the search, the organic search side, and the and the the the, the shifting loyalties between the two that the that the company has to has to make because it's it's so beholden to institutional investors to drive, you know, quarterly. Uh, Revenue growth, and so it, 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 it to Mike's sure. point about not threatening. I mean, maybe you're right, David, that, that that they would get more advertising revenue by emphasizing small business, but at least right now, they don't want to do anything at all that's going to jeopardize revenue, even if it's for the yep. betterment of the user experience. But putting my tinfoil hat on, we are heading into the holiday shopping season, and Google may be feeling the pressure to juice its Q4. Ad revenues, so maybe we will see the organic small business filter rolling out uh, in uh, right around the time of Black Friday. Well, it would so. be it would be very interesting if that were the case, and I hope that they do it. I hope they do it because people yeah. people genuinely are interested in finding small businesses as an option um, for sure. So. All right. Well, we cross our fingers that the technical issues are not uh, uh, too disruptive <laughs> here. We'll see, and. Thanks for tuning in this time, and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at earmedia.co. We'll see you next week.